Jams, Creeps and Coffee podcast. Playback begins in 3, 2, 1. Mr. Ridgway. Um, there are people here that hate you. I'm not one of them. You've, you've made it difficult to live up to what I believe, and that is what God says to do, and that's to forgive. You are, you are forgiven, forgiven, sir. sir. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Crimes, Creeps and Coffee. Hello. What you've just heard is Robert Rule, and he is father to Linda Rule, who was one of Gary Ridgway's victims. What a lovely looking man he was as well. He he looked like Santa, yeah. And his rainbow suspenders too. Yeah, he's actually giving Ridgway his forgiveness after Ridgway murdered his daughter and 49 other women. Well. Yeah, Gary Ridgway murdered F- Linda Rule as well as 48 other women during the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was later, he was only convicted like 2001. And, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. And that's when Linda, because at the end of the American trials, I'm not sure if it's the same with British ones, but the family of the victim usually gets to speak to like the murderer. Oh, do they? Yeah. Oh, okay. And that's... A lot of them turned around and said, oh, we hate you. Yeah. You've ruined our family. The usual. But the rules were quite religious, okay. but in the not fanatical sense of the word. Yeah. And the Bible says, forgive those who do harm against you. Yeah. And that's what Mr. Rule was doing. He, he was forgiver- forgiving his daughter's murderer. And I honestly don't know if I could. What? Forgive? I mean, yeah, it's it's quite... It, it, it must have a lot of balls to do that. I mean, that's quite next level. But at the same time, I do respect him for it. Yeah, I respect him 100% for forgiving him, but yeah. I don't know if I could. How what old was you? his daughter? Uh, I'm not actually sure because I've, I haven't particularly looked into the Ridgeway case. He was known as the Green River Killer. Yeah. Um, he literally would suffocate his victims and dump the bodies in mm. King County, Washington, ah. and then go back and fornicate. Did he yeah. or did he just have a have a knock a cheeky one out? No, he fornicated with them. He was oh, a yeah. true necrophile. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, he admitted that. Oh, oh wow! Even to the royal daughter. Yeah. Oh, he, wow. It came out in when when he confessed. It came out, and Gosh. then obviously. He originally pleaded to 47. Okay. And there's quite a few cases that are still unsolved. Yeah. But he won't plead to them. Um, But he has given hints. And my favourite, not favourite as in he's the greatest, but favourite as in... The most interesting. And I love his mind. Yeah. Ted Bundy helped catch him before he died. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, is that the so is is he the one where people, where they went to ask him questions about the motive behind it and the yeah. insider info yeah. to 
how it could go ahead and then and ted bundy ted bundy is the one that's told them look he will go back and have sex with his victim yeah ted bundy never did that though did he yes he did ted bundy was a necrophile was he yeah oh right i didn't know um and he goes yeah he'll go back and have sex with the victim if you find a victim laying wait and i guarantee you that the the murderer will come back and the police did that they listened to him within i think it was three weeks yeah they'd caught him three weeks to come back and yeah that's a lot of deterioration in three that's a lot of decay yeah christ yeah it's a bit yeah a bit mushy mm. you think if we're going to you'd want like a fresh body so it still resembles a human yeah yeah you would but i think a lot of i think for them it's their version of a trophy yeah which is horrible and disgusting as it is but some some psychopaths out there get off on it yeah and they created that dead body as well it's something they yeah. can earn, yeah i guess but he got really emotional in that video when he said he, he did him. he yeah. was like crying wasn't he it's because gary ridgeway believed he was doing god's work oh right oh because so he didn't take it because he was like oh my god thank you it was no. like yes finally somebody gets it and he was crying because no he was like no i killed him whatever yeah but the ladies and young girls that he killed were sex workers Right. Like a lot of American serial killers in the 70s, 80s and 90s were. Yeah, it's a a recurring pattern. It's a recurring pattern throughout the world. I'm not just saying it was in America kind of thing. But he believed that they were unclean in God's eyes. Okay. So he was eradicating them. And then had sex with their corpses. That doesn't make much sense. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense. But that's what his mental process was. Well, at least Mm. you don't have to pay at that point. Oh, that was dark. That was quite dark. I'm sorry. <laughs> the ultimate cheapskate. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So, so before we do the intro, we, I have to do a segue seamlessly into Owen's joke. So this is yes. my seamless segue into Owen's joke. Oh yeah, Owen, you've got a really good joke to tell us. Go on. All right. So there is a black piece of tarmac and a grey piece of tarmac sitting in a bar and they're mm-hmm. having a big argument I'm the strongest piece of tarmac says the black one oh no 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 I'm the strongest piece of tarmac says the grey one then all of a sudden the green piece of tarmac walks in and the whole place goes silent the black piece of tarmac goes to the grey one hey uh, what's, what, what's up with this guy the grey one goes oh be careful of him he's a psychopath <laughs> I love that joke. That's it the best is so joke funny. Ever. Yeah, it's better the second time you hear it. It yeah. tickles me. It does. <laughs> right. Going to be amused by that for a long time. And Indeed. Here's You're my welcome. seamless segue for the intro. Charlotte, perform your intro. So today we've got Steph in the room. Hey yo. Who's prepping for all her Halloween costumes and yes. makeups and everything else. So she's favorite. a little bit faded face today. A little bit. <laughs> and then we've got our intern Owen. Hello. Who's just come off a night shift, so he's a little bit dragging his feet. Tired. Yes, and he's weird enough not to drink coffee. And then we've got the talented Nick. Yes, talented. He's get a talented this week. I'm trying yeah. to think Do of nice adjectives. Do you want to say anything else? Do you want second in a swimming? Do you want to go? I did. I won second in a swimming contest, contest once. Did. The Easter bonnet thing. Yes. And yeah. Steph's fascinated with the first wait, wait, ever wait, wooden did, implement wait, he made when oh, right, yeah. he oh, yeah. was in secondary school. And she loves it. And yes. she wants him to make more of them and sell them. a spatula. Needs a whole we were, range. When we were cooking dinner, we, yeah. Steph was obsessed with it. It's incredibly tactile. And then obviously you've got me, Charlotte. Wait, are we finished with my achievements? <laughs> we are, yes, yes. <laughs> So today it's mine and Nick's episode. Wasted on this show. Absolutely (laughs) wasted. And I'm going to be covering H.H. Holmes. And I'm not sure what Nick's covering. What are you covering? I am covering a story that I love called The Man from Tored. 
Nope, Ooh. can't say I've never ever heard of this one. No, Owen, no. you've no, been around the internet. No, okay, good. Steph, no, can't say I've heard of this one. Oh, so yeah, An experience for all. So we're going into H. H. Holmes, which is Sherlock Holmes's niece. No, no, oh. nothing at all to do with Sherlock oh. Holmes. I will not oh. have the derogative terms of H. H. Holmes and his shithead yeah. put in with my bae, Sherlock Holmes. Okay, so. I'm covering H.H. H. Holmes and his murder castle. Are awesome. you sure that's not Sherlock Holmes and Watson? No. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm positive. Please. Okay. All right, right. that's... I'm going to say this now. Bear with me, because this story is fucking complex. Okay. And I'm going to be mentioning things that I'll mention, you'll be like, what's that got to do with anything? But it, it, it all makes sense in the end, so okay. just bear with me. Okay. So we're going to get confused. You are, yeah. I would recommend anybody listening at home, get a notebook and click like start making notes <laughs> don't start let me finish no the, the the guy on the left looks like we're looking at a picture now of, is that an actor playing hh Holmes? yes yes that's yes, okay. yes it? cause it's the, yeah okay yeah. Yes. yes so i was just about to say it looks like there um, isn't it cuz it's still spookoween yeah. we yes. are doing like stories based <clears throat> on halloween films halloween tv shows and i decided this week i'm doing american horror story hotel yeah and because there isn't actually a film based on H.H. H. Holmes, there's lots of documentaries, but no film. But there is one in the works starring Leonardo DiCaprio Ooh. as H.H. H. Holmes. He's a hunk. That's awesome. Yes, well. that's going to be good. Um, but in American Horror Story, um, I was going to say Coven then, no, Hotel, he's played by Evan Peters, who is mm-hmm. the image on the left. Oh, yeah. Is that the, the series that Lady Gaga's in? Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. you do. So they're like vampires or something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thing. I can't remember. I, I've I've watched half of Hotel. I haven't watched all of it. So all I can it's remember kind of like... is the the sort of weird creature raping a man. I think in the that's first just a episode. Thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's just an underlining theme. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Herman Mudgett was born the sixteenth of May, eighteen sixty-one, in New Hampshire. He was born into a wealthy family who were descended from early British settlers. Not much is known about his youth as he was such a profound liar. But what is known is that his parents were devout Methodists and that he was the third of five children. He was an intelligent young boy who suffered from bullying whilst he was in primary school, elementary school over in America. Yeah. One day, his classmates, after finding out he was scared of the doctors, forced him to stand in front of a human skeleton in a doctor's office and stare at it. Of course, Holmes was scared. At first... But he later spoke about the incident and stated that it exercised me of my fear of death Wait, and may have led to his fascination, a.k.a. his obsession, with it. it, it Holmes wasn't his born name? No. Uh, his, what was his born name? Mudgett? Herman Mudgett. Herman Mudgett. Wow, that's a that's, name. Yeah, that's mm. awesome. Okay. He graduated school at age 16 and decided to study medicine at a small school in Vermont where he stayed only a year because he got bored. Oh, okay. In 1882, he was accepted into the University of Michigan Medical School, where he was a mediocre student, but managed to graduate in 1884, where he became a full-fledged doctor. Okay. When he was enrolled in medical school, Holmes stole cadavers from the lab and burnt or disfigured them. He then went on to plant the bodies to make it look as if they'd been killed in an accident. How do you steal a cadaver? Quite do you in your pocket. Do you just put a sheet over it? Yeah. I or don't, put him in I, a wheelchair. Oh, you sleeping? I don't know. He's sleeping. Like room service table mm. that you yeah, just wheel with the table. Ding, ding, room service. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
It was later found out that Holmes would take out insurance policies on these people, these cadavers, before planting the bodies, and then would collect the money once the bodies had been discovered. Hold on, wait, but if there were cadavers in the first place, then somebody must have noted that they were already dead, so how but can you take a life insurance on them? disfigured them to make them not look like the people they originally were. But then who do you associate it to, to the life insurance? Yeah, exactly. It's 1884. <laughs> yeah, it was anything goes then. It's a little okay. bit... All right. Wild West. Okay. Who's this? Who's this? Dead? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's just pay out in the policy. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no. It's a name. Let's pay it. What? Uh, why? I don't know. Super Mario. On July the 4th, 1878, married Clara Loving from Alton, New Hampshire. Oh, that's cute. And in 1880, you say that. Yeah, why is that instantly cute? Like, what? Is Clara Loving? Clara Clara. Clara Loving. Aww, it's just oh, the name is cute, not the fact yeah, you got no, married. Yeah, the name is cute. I was going to say, bear with me on that. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. In 1880, in Loudoun, New Hampshire, his son Robert Loving Mudgett was born. Housemates of Holmes said that he treated Clara violently and she moved back to the other side of New Hampshire with their son before Holmes's graduation. He then moved to Moores Forks, New York, but rumours spread that Holmes had been seen with a little boy who disappeared. No investigation took place, but Holmes quickly left town anyway. He then travelled to Philadelphia, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and got a job as a cleaner in a hospital, but he left after a few days. He then took a position at a drugstore, but whilst he worked there, a little boy died after taking medicine that was purchased at the store. Holmes denied any involvement but he again quickly left the city. He moved to Chicago where he changed his names to Henry Howard Holmes, which he later shortened to H.H. H. Holmes. What year was this, sorry? 1881. Oh, so too early for Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> no, random. I'm just, I'm just wondering whether he took inspiration from the name. No, no, no. Uh, Arthur Conan Doyle took inspiration from him. Oh, right, okay. He changed his names to avoid the possibility of being exposed by the victims of his previous scams. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. In 1886... Oh, sorry, no, not 18... What did I say? 1881? 1881. Yeah, Yeah, so, no, it was 1885. Sorry, he moved to Chicago. Okay. Philadelphia. Wait, Chicago, Philadelphia? No, no, Chicago. He moved to Chicago in 1885. (laughs) Okay. Do that that bit again. No, 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 that's that's fine. Like I said, it's complex. I'm going to lose my dates. Okay. Okay. So he's in Chicago in 1885. Uh, that's at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So in 1886, Holmes found a job in a local pharmacy. Mr. and Mrs. Holton owned the pharmacy, which was located in the Inglewood district. Mrs. Holton's husband had become sick from prostate cancer, and she herself was not a doctor and was struggling to keep the pharmacy functioning. She was in the shop one day when Holmes walked in, stating, I am here concerning the position of the pharmacist who posted in the daily newspaper. I'm Dr. Holmes. Mrs. Holton was impressed when Holmes completed an order quickly without pause and hired him on the spot. She didn't check his credentials and never found out about the little boy who died in Philadelphia. Within a short time, Holmes had increased business in the drugstore. His way with the ladies made them come back often. Ah, ladies man, was he? He then, to the delight of Mrs. Holton, took over doing the books. This meant she could spend more time with her dying husband. When her husband did die, Holmes approached her about retiring from the business. He said that he would buy the business and pay her every month, meaning that she would get an income for life without worrying about work. He allowed her to live in the rooms above the shop. 
which she was happy about as she didn't want to lose the place of so many memories with her husband. Yeah, totally. Pretty pretty good deal for her. Yeah, yeah. definitely. They shook hands and the agreement was made, but Holmes fa- failed to pay Mrs. Holton when it came time, oh. and she took him to court. Oh, mm. yeah. Though, weirdly enough, she soon disappeared. Oh. Customers of the pharmacy asked about her whereabouts whereabouts but Holmes told him that she'd moved to California as she was too distraught after the death of her husband to live in the rooms her body was never found must have been so mm. easy to kill somebody back in those days it's like yeah. oh they've gone mm-hmm. they've gone to California yeah gone to California that's better that wasn't yeah. Mario that time <laughs> I'm trying to think, think what a Chicago accent would be it's like, just think like Al Capone isn't it yeah. like, I don't even know what Al Capone sounds like um I, I'm not going to embarrass myself no. <laughs> The thing is, though, in the book H.H. H. Holmes, The True History of the White City Devil, 2017, author Adam Selzer states that the death of Mr. and Mrs. Holton is actually fiction, oh. as Dr. Holton was a fellow Michigan alumni. Alumni? Alumni. Yes. Okay. What? <laughs> and was only a few years older than Holmes, and they survived well into the 20th century. Oh, okay. Shortly after Mrs. Holmes... No, Mrs. Holton's disappearance mm. Holmes married Myrta Belknap Myrta had a sweet personality but it soon changed when she married Holmes his romantic interest in other women made her angry yet she only protested meekly to Holmes in the beginning after a year though it began to get louder especially in front of customers she fell pregnant putting off any sign of divorce but bear in mind he's still married to Clara Due to him having married Clara under his original name, Modjip, no one caught on, but he quickly got frustrated with his new wife and sent her off to live with his parents. He now had the chance to fulfil his needs. Holmes purchased the 50 foot by 162 foot empty corner lot across from the drugstore in 1887. The lot soon was to become his murder castle but initially was used for a two-storey mixed-used building. The second floor would include apartments and an office space, whilst retail spaces, including a drugstore, would be on the ground. The building was an elegantly designed building, with Roman columns, gold lettering, signs, polished wood panelling, frescoes and arch ceilings. Frescoes? Frescoes. As in? Paintings. Oh, uh, I thought you meant frescoes as in the Fres- shop. Fresco. 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 Okay, not the shop. No. That a modern thing in our eighteen eighteen hundreds. That's why it confused me. We'll just have a corner shop. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the retail spots soon filled up with a jewelry shop, a restaurant, and a barber shop. Holmes had then invested in one of the first copier companies and he manufactured glycerin soap. Holmes designed the building himself, and if workers started to ask questions, they would find themselves replaced. In the end, there was over five hundred carpenters, labourers, and other craftsmen employed. Oh big, yeah, so it was, all, it was also they didn't twig on to what was happening throughout different parts of the place, wasn't it? Yeah. In 1889, Holmes met Benjamin Pitzel. Strong Pit- moustache. Pitzel, who came from Galva, Illinois, don't, was don't a six-foot tall... Don't shame the size of his moustache. It's, it's just strong. It's a strong feature. Did you say small moustache? No, strong. Oh, I thought you said small. I thought you were no. moustache shaming him. No, not at all. Sorry. <laughs> Quite the opposite. <laughs> Pitzel came from Galva, Illinois, and was a six-foot-tall handsome man who was married with five children but had a particular fondness for liquor. He began working as a janitor at the drugstore for Holmes, but in truth, Pitzel latched onto Holmes like a leech. He fed off Holmes' bigger-than-life personality and allowed himself to do Holmes' bidding without question. 
By 1890, Hans was 30 years old and his empire was growing at an unbelievable rate. He needed more help to run his new building and placed an ad in the newspaper to find those helpers. Ned Connor answered the ad for a floor manager and quickly got the job. So he was only 30 at this stage? Yeah. I Why feel like feel I'm bad? fucking yeah. doing nothing with my life. I haven't even, I haven't yeah. even got a murdered shed. No, we haven't got no, a murder no. barn either. No, no. a castle. Give it time. Connor liked to drink and had been struggling with making ends meet. So when he got the job, he thought all of his problems were solved and quickly showed the premises off to his wife. <laughs> his wife was called Julia and she becomes a little bit more entangled in a little bit. Holmes noticed Julia's reddish-brown hair and startling green eyes and quickly fired his cashier. He then refilled the position with Julia. Julia was thrilled at the position and invited her sister Gertie to come to Chicago. Gertie was 18 and captured Holmes' attention when she arrived. He whined and dined her and showed her all of the exciting sights, but when Holmes professed his love for her and that he would divorce his wife, which one? Plural. For her, she was appalled. She told her brother-in-law, Connor, about it and he helped her hightail it back home. Rejected, Holmes turned his attention back to Julia. Within a short time, they had become lovers. Connor turned a blind eye to this and took comfort in the fact they had a good job and a place to stay. So he let, he let him sleep with his wife? Yeah, because he had a job and a home. Had a job yeah. and a home. Is that a good trade? It, 1884, so... <laughs> I feel like that's the excuse for just everything in this story. Yeah, it's the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, we've we've yeah we, we've developed a little bit since then. <laughs> but yeah, it's. I think he was more happy at the fact that it was quite hard for people to find jobs over there. Okay, so can't be that hard though that you have to let let some chap Roger your wife. <laughs> your boss at that your mm. boss. but like I said earlier Connor liked his drink and one day when he was pretty <clears throat> steaming he decided he had had enough yeah. what of the drink of Julia's and Holmes's relationship oh, okay. of being okay. cuckolded basically yeah. right he confronted Julia who denied everything that Connor had seen and heard but she carried on seeing Holmes and ended up pregnant Ooh. Connor unable to deal with this left and got another job at a different store it's like a soap opera it, it is, is. The 1800s. What do you expect? It wouldn't be the Eastern. It'd be Chicago. Wait, no, that's already Chicago. been used. Chicago. That's already been used. That was a good. I think that was a Chicago. Good yeah. no, Chicago. Like Chicago. You're thinking of a uh, calamity, Jane, yeah. aren't you? We have an American listener, so um, yeah. apologise. <laughs> yeah, we 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 don't do accents it's like very Brooklyn, well. Brooklyn, isn't it? I'm yeah. from the Brooklyn Nine O. What? Was that, that is from literally Brooklyn Nine O. Is it? Is it? All right, we should stop this. Yeah. We should stop no. this. Uncanny. Julia was so intertwined <laughs> in Holmes's business that he now saw her as a threat. He convinced her that it would, if she got an abortion, he would marry her. Mm-hmm. But Julia couldn't initially do it as she was worried about her older daughter, Pearl. Wasn't abortions like super duper risky, dangerous back yeah, then? Yeah, risky, yeah, yeah. It'd just be like a whisk in the back alley or something, wouldn't it? Yeah. I think it was like just... A coat hanger. Yeah. Mm. Not even a coat hanger, just a piece of metal. Oof. Not not a good Before thing. antibiotics as well. So. Yeah. Don't worry, guys. It's the 1800s. <laughs> yeah. But on the 24th of December, 1891, Julia decided, yeah, yeah. we're going to have an abortion. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. After putting Pearl to bed, Holmes led her down to the dark basement and makeshift operating room, where he did the procedure himself. Oh, wow. Little did Julia know that she would never see another Christmas again, oh. and neither would her daughter Pearl. What? 
It was later found that once Connor was out of the picture, Holmes had taken out two large insurance policies out against Julia and Pearl, naming himself as the sole beneficiary. Holmes, on his capture, stated that Julia had died by a botched abortion, but he did later admit that he had poisoned her and Pearl. Uh, Wait, I thought Pearl escaped. No, Pearl is Julia's daughter. The unborn one? No, the the older daughter that she had with Connor. Oh, sorry. So, in this picture, Julia, 1800s, not a lot of photos. Yeah. So, the first one is a newspaper illustration of Julia. Okay. And the second one is uh, Pearl. Very typical of the age. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, nobody smiled back then, did they? Not at all. It wasn't long before he met Minnie Williams. Minnie Williams! That's That's a good name. Yeah, it's really cute. He told Minnie that he was a wealthy inventor. Holmes' interest was spiked as he learned that she was the heiress to a Texas real estate fortune. Mm -hmm. Mm. Minnie was in Chicago working as an instructor in a private school. Steph, best Texas, Texas accent? Um, um, yeehaw! Yeah, I knew one. you'd do that. <laughs> Texas. No. I'm trying to think about. I have an okay. auntie that lives in Texas, and I'm trying to think. Just say something co- about guns or um, I'm going to go down to a rodeo and lasso me some balls. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> this is probably quite racist. It is extremely racist. racist. How is it racist? <laughs> I'm being. I'm, I'm just yeah. being observant. Yeah. Uh,. <laughs> Literally, me and Owen have a cousin, and I'm trying to think how his accent goes, but I can't. No. I don't think I've ever actually met him. Ah, fair enough. Mm. So, yeah. Let's not do any more of (laughs) (laughs) that. It wasn't long before Minnie and Holmes were engaged. I love that name, Minnie. It is cute. So, yeah, Minnie and Holmes were engaged. By the way, he's still got two wives. Oh, Mm. wait, yeah. Oh. Does nobody keep record? No, it's the 1800s. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's the 1800s. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe they said that at the time. Why the police? Why haven't you solved this? It's the 1800s. <laughs> what do you expect? What do you, uh, we what got do you no fax machines. We got no telephones. What do you to want go... us to do? <laughs> well, that'll come up in a minute, actually. They might be dead. They might be in California. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? This infuriated Julia, who at the time was still alive. And it wasn't long after the engagement became official that Julia and Pearl were killed. This may be another reason like julia's anger that holmes killed her okay so charles chapel worked for holmes doing a very a variety of jobs around the castle for about two years his previous job had been in the same building as the bennett medical school he was curious by nature and good with his hands meaning he picked up a rather unusual skill anybody guess wait what was he again sorry a carpenter. He, he worked for homes at a variety of different jobs. Okay. okay. His Make name was Charles Chapel. Chapel. And he worked in the same building as the Bennett Medical School and was good with his um, hands. Chop, chopping up bodies? Close. Um, Makeshift abortionist. Sort of. No. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing with my hands. It yeah. looks like you're gra- grabbing like the ghost's groping. boobies. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't, just, I know, I'm going to stick with... A job that I actually personally wouldn't mind. Oh, uh, mortician. mortician. Articulating skeletons. Oh, okay. In the winter of 1892, a few months after the disappearance of Julia, Holmes summoned Chapel to his office. He asked if Chapel wanted to pick up some extra cash, which Chapel, like anybody, said yes. Oh, it's the 1800s. It was the (laughs) 1800s. Well, to be honest... Was he like, have you got a wife? (laughs) (laughs) i'll pay you to have sex with your wife and you get on with it well (laughs) (laughs) is that what happened no okay right Right. so chapel said yes he wanted to pick up some extra cash when holmes took him down to the basement there was a table in the basement a cadaver lay on top of 
Uh, a female cadaver. Oh, God, uh, Tawia was one of the... Was it Minnie? No, First Lady. Julia. Yeah. <gasps> so what is the building at this time? Is it a hotel yet? I'm going to get there. No, what is it so far where, when these are taking place? What it's like it? a multi-use thing. It's, it's, still, it's, it's still a multi-use. multi-use. It's yeah. still multi-use. It's still okay. a multi-use. Okay. It's hotel slash retail slash accommodation slash living space slash offices yeah. slash... Everything. Yeah, it's kind of like Hellhole. a multi-story complex thing that we have these days, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty much. But it's a bit of everything. Literally, there is no specific thing that yeah. it was. He had a hell of a lot of people working for him, so it must have been quite big. Um. It was 50 foot by 167 foot. And two stories. Yeah. And started off as two stories. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. But we're still at two stories at this point. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, Chapel stated to authorities when he was later questioned that the body looked like a jackrabbit that uh-huh. had been skinned. A jackrabbit. What's a jackrabbit? Mm. A rabbit. It's like a big rabbit. Oh, okay. okay. It, it's more American. It's bigger than our British rabbits. Right. So, it's quite a big rabbit. It's okay. bigger than a hare. Okay. But it's a rabbit. Okay. So, quite arm-sized. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It looked like a jackrabbit that had been skinned by splitting the skin down the face and rolling it off the entire body. Oh, my gosh. Chapel thought Holmes had done an autopsy in one of his patients don't forget he was a doctor still by skin in their face what would you learn from that um <laughs> nothing what, what a face looks like without skin yeah how the muscles work of the face okay um, but in an autopsy that's um, how they did it in case somebody had hid the murder weapon under the, <laughs> under the face skin, yeah under the face so the body was then stripped of all flesh and articulated. It was then sold to Heinemann Medical... I don't think I've said that right. Medical College for $200. Oh. Which back in the 1800s was a lot of money. Yeah, well, yeah, was because it was the 1800s. Because yeah. it was the 1800s. Mm. Oh, that is the murder castle. Well, that's three stories. Though. That is three stories. But Americans describe they're, they're all wonky with their stories. Yeah. So, so it was originally two stories by our standards, as in ground floor. One up, one down. One up, one down. Yeah. But it is actually technically by British standards standards a three story building. Because they, they class the ground as the ground, isn't it? And then yeah, the first, first and, then and then second. second. Okay. So your They're first floor, like which is ground level, had the retail shops and the pharmacy on. Mm-hmm. Your first floor, second floor, had Holmes's apartments, some rooms to let. Yeah. And the third floor was accommodation for okay. hotel guests. It's quite a busy, it's on a busy street. So it's interesting it's how It's smack this... dab in the middle of, it was at the time in the middle of Chicago. Chicago yeah. has developed around it now, so it's mm. not so much smack dab. Mm. But at the time, that was pretty much smack dab, middle of Chicago. Say smack dab one more time. Schmack dab. There we go. Carry on. The castle was completed in 1891. And he actually called it the castle? No. Oh, this is Nobody knows the official name because on multiple different documents, it's called multiple different things. Oh, okay. So the castle but is police a police dubbed it on the, on the... The report. The reports, the castle. Oh, okay. okay, fair enough. So everybody just knows it now as the castle. Yeah. Okay, fair and enough. And it had like neighbouring uh, buildings and whatnot around it as well. Yeah, it was just, originally it was just a blank lot. Is okay. it still there today, the castle? No, it's been knocked down and it's currently a postal office. Oh, oh that's a shame. Yeah. yeah. Explain why it's not there in a bit. Well, okay. all the murders, I'd imagine. Yeah. No, not even that. There's places that, like John Wayne Gacy's house is for sale currently. Is yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Did he do murders there? Yeah. He, he hid them underneath the floorboards. Oh, right. That'd you know who John Wayne Gacy is, right? Yeah, the killer clown. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Of course I do. Murdered, murdered kiddies. Yes. 
Please. How much is it going for? Uh, quite, I quite a lot. American dollars. Yeah, I would imagine some ghost hunter is is gonna buy it. Yeah, what's his name? Oh, who knows? One of them. Oh, you mean Zach Baggins? Yeah, he's he's after it. So who? You yeah. know. Zach, Zach Baggins. Baggins. He want. He also wants Zach Baggins. That's Zach, not a name. Zach. Zach. Oh, Zach. Yeah. You keep. He's going. He's going around and buying all of like houses and who whatnot. Who is this man? Are, he's just a goat parano- yeah, paranormal paranormal ghost hunter yeah. who wants to buy John Wayne Gacy's brain. Stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was that guy as well. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, he he went and held John Wacy's gain and uh, brain, and then wanted <laughs> <laughs> close enough. Um, John G- Wacy's gain. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Um, his his brain, it was sliced up, and um, he held it and was like, okay. "I want to buy this." And yeah, yeah. Well, why didn't. not? If you've got if you've got the cash. Well, yeah. If you've got, I've, it's worse things to yeah. collect, maybe. So the castle stood technically Spoons. at three stories high. It had 60 rooms with 51 doors that were cut oddly into various walls. Like I mentioned earlier, he designed it himself and only told the workers the room that they were working on, nothing else. So is this getting maze-like, is it? Yeah. So it's quite Winchester-y then, really? I was going to say the Winchester. Yeah, yeah a little so. bit. May I think Sarah may have taken some inspiration from the, him. Nobody's <laughs> heard of who Sarah Winchester is. She was the, the heir to the Winchester rifle uh, family. and she. Most she was, people know the Winchesters. Yeah, yeah just in case. Don't, it, she yeah, was yeah. compelled by spirits to build a house, and it had yeah. very odd design and layout. Yeah, yes. They had windows Do- and stairways that led to nowhere. Doorways that led to outside from the second story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very odd. Yeah. With no stairs after them, just, just drop. Just outside. Mm. I'm sure that'll come up in a future episode. Yeah, probably. It may have been because he wanted to hide the enormous kiln with its cast iron door. Or kiln? Kiln. Wait, what? Like the firing kiln place? Yeah. A kiln, yep. Fair oh. enough. With its cast iron door. Or the vats of corrosive such as quicklime or acid. Oh, there we go. Maybe it was the iron-plated rooms, the secret passageway and hidden chute into the basement. This place sounds great. Yeah, or sounds perhaps like it was, in fact, that those hidden chutes ended directly above zinc-lined tanks. Oh. Or maybe he was hiding those sealed rooms with gas jets and rooms oh. that only Holmes had ki- keys for, rooms that were filled with dissecting tables, surgeon tools, and invention that could stretch people to twice their height. He really is oh. building a murder... murder factory isn't he yeah after its completion holmes announced that he planned to rent out some of the rooms to the tourists arriving in mass for the upcoming columbian exposition expedition the world's fair oh um yeah the exhibition exhibition no exposition that's what it was called the columbian exposition okay okay yeah but it's also known as the world's fair okay okay it was speculated that many of these tourists ended up staying as one of holmes's victims Mm. This wasn't the only way that Holmes managed to get his victims, though. He would place ads in local newspapers offering jobs to local young ladies. Applicants were instructed to keep their location and the name of the company a closely guarded secret, as he had devious competitors who would tr- try and steal his clients. Right, by the name. It, it's um, What's the business takeover. What is okay. it? A business takeover. Yeah, like... Hostile takeover. Ho- hostile takeover where companies would cu- try and steal your clients out to make you boss, that kind okay. of thing. Which was a load of bullshit. Yeah. But this is escalating really quickly. It, it really feels is. like we've gone from one murder to a murder castle. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Are we going to are we going to see why it escalated? No. No. It just happened. Well that's important, <laughs> it just surely. It happened. 
just it just happened. didn't happen. It, it just, just happened. It didn't just happen. <laughs> it did just happen. Hobby. It didn't just happen. It did just happen. It's the 1800s. In 1800s, okay. everything right, goes. Yeah. If you say it's the 1800s, that's fine. I won't ask <laughs> yeah. any more questions. It explains everything. No planning applications, I no, would imagine. No. So, it, so you basically went from killing one person to, I'm just going to go kill everyone now in this massive... I'm bored. There must yeah. have been something. No. There must have. No. There must have. <laughs> Are we just going to say, I'm, I'm just going to say... It's the 1800s. It's the 1800s. We'll leave it there for now. Okay, we'll put a, we'll put a pin in it. So, upon interviewing the ladies, they would be told that she would have she would have her choice of position, whatever she wanted to, in the castle. What, in the zinc tank? In the furnace? You know what I mean by position, as in okay. she, could ha- she could be a housemaid, she could be secretary, she yes. could be office work, she could work in retail. She'd have her choice, it's up to her. Okay. okay. But... She would have to take out a life insurance policy of $5,000, naming oh. him as sole beneficiary. <laughs> wow. Brilliant. And she would also then need to go home, pack all of her stuff, because she was to live at the castle, and take all the money out of the bank. She wouldn't what? need it, but uh. it would help her start her biz- like in the business, because she'd have to buy uniforms. What on earth? Were they not suspicious at this point? No, no it's the 1800s. Yeah, That's <laughs> all I can say. <laughs> okay, all right. The he also placed ads for marriage, describing himself as a wealthy businessman who was searching for a suitable wife. By the way, he's still married. You can do. Oh no, I guess it's not too different from dating. Three different people. Yeah. Dating adverts. Two, he's married to two different people, and he's engaged to another. Yeah, right. Minnie's still in the game. Minnie's still in the game. Okay. Okay. But he's still advertising for extra wives. Did they not see this? Like, did no, they no, 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 okay. no, 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 no. Right. Because those who answered, both workers and possible wives, were never seen again. Oh, none uh, of them. So uh, all of them, all of them yeah. went. Oh, they would literally leave him all the money, all of the valuables, life insurance, and bye bye them. Okay, where did they all go? I mean, there's... where did they all go? Hi, this is Murder Castle. Have you met? <laughs> People must have been to the police, like, the police, like, where's the last time you saw her? Oh, she went to this uh, castle place. Oh, okay, it's a mystery. It's a fucking mystery. But don't forget, these people weren't allowed to tell them where they were going. Oh, right. Because Uh, of competitors. But then, if they've all got the sole beneficiary of HHO, of their life insurance. (laughs) Yeah. It's the 1800s. It's the 1800s. (laughs) I don't particularly think their bookkeeping and their record keeping and whatever the fuck else was going on (laughs) was up to par. Maybe this is why we have such like yeah. niche things now. We have to do so much bloody paperwork for one simple thing. It's yeah. because of H.H. H. Holmes. Yeah, well done, thank just you. Everywhere was the Wild West. It wasn't just <laughs> yeah, cowboy it town, it was it everywhere. The West literally was. The West of England was literally wild. Was it? I don't think England was. I think England's always been quite a genteel no, place. the West <laughs> of England. Oh, in the world? Yes. Okay, yeah. Uh... Degenerates rejection. <laughs> yeah. Our, uh, <laughs> so colonial kindness. I have found, like, of all my research, I found one story of one lady uh, who was a worker and one who was then a a widow who decided she would marry him. Okay. So Jenny Thompson was seventeen. She came from Illinois to work at the castle. Mm-hmm. Holmes shut her in the vault until she suffocated. Oh, fun. He then had Chapel articulate her skeleton. 
which was sold to the University of Illinois Medical School. Was Chapel not in... Oh, sorry, Nick, you go ahead. I was going to say, I think we were about to ask the same question. Is Chapel in on this? Yeah. No. Was he not? He literally is thinking that... Don't forget, Holmes is a doctor. Well, yeah, but it's a shopping place. (laughs) Yeah, but it's a pharmacy as well. And pharmacies back then, (laughs) even in London, you'd go for everything. A pharmacy wasn't... Pharmacy was where your doctors were. But I don't, I don't expect to see a dead body in a I pharmacy. I think you're picturing like Marks and Spencers with a dissection <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, that'd be cool, but no. Um, <laughs> no, a pharmacy, you'd literally have a back room to go and speak to doctors. It would be your doctor's surgery. Okay. Yeah, and doctors were a bit hokey back then. Yeah, and they worked out of pharmacies. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's suspiciously a lot of people. Okay. All right. We'll go with it. Mrs. Pansy Lee, a widow from New Orleans, rented a room at the castle. When Holmes found out she had $4,000 in a false bottom in her traveling trunk, he tried to persuade her to let him look after it for her. As she was only a female, she could get into trouble. Of course, because we're all weak and feeble. Does make sense. She refused and said, I've been traveling the country for the last three years. I think I'm good. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he killed her oh. and yeah. cremated her body in his custom-built oven. Well, I'm just trying to picture all this shit going <laughs> yeah. on here. It's, it's relatively small for the amount of stuff that's been going on here. Yeah. 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 Don't forget there's also a basement to this as well. Yeah, but still. How big's the basement? The size of the building. What, right. three levels? No, the basement. Oh, you mean the one level. Plan. Like the floor. The floor like okay. the, the, yeah. The, yeah. I'm just trying to pick. Where's Where's the? There's oven? a lot. There's a lot. Where's the? Oven and considering the shops and hotel rooms in there, I mean, for a fiery furnace and a a, a, what, a lime pit, quick lime, a quick lime pit, yeah, an acid, an acid, still lined room, a vault, a vault, a vault. None of these people saw anything. Yeah. Well, what's our catchphrase for The 1800s. One of Holmes's accomplices turned out to be a boy named Pat Quinlan, who had a got a girl who worked at the castle into some trouble. AKA, he got her pregnant. Um. He didn't want his wife to know and asked Holmes to do an abortion. Holmes did the abortion, but afterwards the girl threatened to tell Quinlan's wife. So oh, she so survived. The, yeah, that's that's. She survived. Oh, right. oh okay. Then, just at that point, Quinlan panicked, told Holmes, who said, "You know what you need to do." Hmm? Quinlan then made another confession. The girls told her sister. Holmes turned around and went, one for each of us then. Oh, wait, what? Yeah. Mm, Quinlan brought them to the castle, where they had the two women wait in a room in the remote part of the building. He met Holmes in the basement, where Holmes turned on the gas jets to the remote room. Within two minutes, the two girls were dead. Where does this gas go? And what floor is it on? It's going <laughs> to rise. People might notice. I, I just, there's just so much laughing. <laughs> like, it's like, that's like you talking to him if you found out. People will notice this. <laughs> they will Help notice. Holmes. Holmes, what are you doing? You're bringing down the neighbourhood. <laughs> <laughs> just, just now get some proper <laughs> ventilation in here. It's like health and safety, guys. <laughs> The bodies were disposed of in the usual manner, a.k.a. Anatomy. Uh, uh, skeletons. Skeletonized, yeah. Okay. Where did the skeletons go? He sold them yeah. to Museums. medicals, yeah. right. schools and stuff like that. Because back then you could actually have an articulated human skeleton and it actually be real human yeah. bone. Okay. Not plastic or resin. So can you time. say, I sound a little bit bitter? You can still buy them. Not yeah. not new ones. You can, no. you can buy old ones. Did you see the look on my face? What, really? <laughs> 
Unless somebody donates it to you, maybe. Can you donate yours? No. <laughs> I need that. No, because I want one. Well, you'd have one. I won't ask for yours because you're quite small and I won't <laughs> <ask> you. <laughs> now back to Minnie Williams. Yes. Okay. Minnie's still been going on, plotting around in the background. So she was still there? She was still there. Minnie lived at the castle for more than a year and knew about Holmes's crimes more than any other person. Police investigators would state that there is no possible way that she could not have known about what was going on. Yeah, to be there for it a was, year. It was believed that Minnie was the instigator of the murder of Emily Von Tassel, a young lady who lived not too far away from the hotel. That's a fabulous name as well. Yeah. And Emily worked at the candy store on the very first floor. I'll take it to a candy shop. I knew you were going to do that. Okay. She managed to capture Holmes's eye and vanished a month after beginning her employment. Catch his eye as in he was attracted to her? Yeah. Yes. He okay. wanted a bone that. Oh, okay. Were most of these victims women then? Yeah. Okay. Is, there, is there evidence that he actually had sexual relationships with a lot of these women or was he just had his eye on them and then murdered them? Um, I'll go into that in a little bit. Okay. okay. Minnie also knew of the murder of Emilian Singrad, who worked as a stenograph at the Keeley Institute in Dwight, Illinois. What's a stenograph, sorry? A stenograph is the machine that you press to shorthand type notes. Okay. okay. Like, you know, in courtrooms, yeah. you have the court, like, people that type. Yeah. That's a stenograph. Is that not a proper typewriter? No, because no, it's all quick. shorthand so that, oh. and they learn that shorthand oh, I thought it was so just that normal. they can type quickly. Shorthand's um, very odd. It's like whole, yeah. I've got a book about it. It's okay. it's like glyphs and yeah. like symbols and stuff I've, that I've, mean I've, certain yeah. like phrasings. I've seen like journalistic shorthand, like handwritten. But yeah, no, this is on a type machine. These are proper like dots and lines. Yeah. Oh, not wow. like most code, but it's, it's like, they yeah. use a computer nowadays though. Uh, they yeah. do, but it's a program like but like back in the 90s and stuff. They definitely shouldn't use voice recognition because that's still shit. Yeah, no, don't do that. <laughs> Pitzel, who I'd mentioned earlier, Benjamin Pitzel. Yes? Yes. 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 I, was, I needed you to realise that you were up to date with me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. like I said, this is confusing. Yeah. <laughs> we're following, we're following. Pitzel had gone to Illinois to seek a cure for his drunkenness, and when he returned to Chicago, told Holmes about the girl's beauty. Holmes contacted her and offered her a large salary job in Chicago. She accepted but after a few weeks became homesick. She missed her family, but soon Holmes began to woo her. Eventually, they became engaged. Ah. Holmes admitted that he locked the girl in the vault after asking her to get a letter for him. After the door was shut, he stood by listening to her screams and tiny little thumps against the door. His cheek pressed against the metal. Emilian's screams were guttural, and whilst he stood there, he exposed himself and began to masturbate. Oh, so he really got off on that situation then? Yeah. Christ! Alright, Holmes, calm down. He then stated to detectives that Millie objected to his lusting after a meal, and so that's why he killed her. Okay. Oh, she, she pushed him to do it. Minnie pushed him to do it, yeah. It was several weeks after that that the LaSalle Medical School brought a skeleton. A young female. The Lascaux Medical School is located in Illinois, where the girl came from. Do any of these skeletons still exist? Uh, yeah, but no, don't try to buy one. No, are they are they just like are they are they actually for sale? Or are they just in museums and stuff? Uh, a lot of them are in museums and stuff. But okay. I found one. Oh, well. on a private auctioneer site, and let's just say that shit's expensive. Really? Well, I would imagine so. To yeah. Be How many thousands? Twenty thousand thousands. <laughs> just big. 
big numbers. Yeah. What big. was the There was seven zeros. Wow. And I what was the number the number after the zeros? Point zero zero. <laughs> on the side. Oh, the f- number you before the yeah. zeros. That was a twelve. Okay, so, so twelve and seven zeros. Twelve Point gazillion space bucks. Point zero zero. <laughs> that doesn't matter. But twelve is, is those twelve. <laughs> and right, we're getting bogged down with this. We're getting, bogged down, we're getting zeros. bogged down with this. <laughs> right back. back. I, sorry, I can't. I will admit this that I have maths version of dyslexia where I can't read out numbers we, unless they're in. Physical work. We're getting bogged down in nonsense that's not relevant. I know, but I really so want to figure this out. No, Owen, drop it. <laughs> Amelia's ex fiance, Robert Phelps, dropped in to inquire about her not long after she vanished. This was a mistake, as it was the last time that anyone ever saw him alive. Holmes admitted that he used the stretching table on him, as well as the dissecting table, just to see how much pain the human body could handle before it died. Oh my gosh. I don't- what about the the families of these people that went missing? Did none of them raise the an eyebrow? They probably just went, uh, went to California. They've gone to California. <laughs> if you lived in California. They've gone to New York. Okay. Because right. they get to California, there's nobody there. It's like, where are all the people from <laughs> who are supposed to come here? Yeah. Oh, they no must one. have been murdered. They must have gone to the other side of the country. Yeah, they're, they're just not here. Was home to Mormon, by the way? Wait, what? Methodist. Oh, he was a Methodist. Okay. I was just going to say uh, the uh, it's very, polygamy. Yeah. But we'll get there. So God was involved at some point? Yes. Okay. All right. In 1893, Minnie's property in Texas was deeded to a man called Benton Lyman. That sounds like a fake name if ever I've heard one. A.K.A. Benjamin Pitzel. Uh... That same year, Minnie's brother died in a mining accident in Colorado. Like actually in a mining accident? Yeah. Okay. Right. But it was orchestrated oh. by Holmes. Oh. Ah. So he had tentacles all over the place. He did. It is speculated that Minnie was compliant with what Holmes was doing, especially after the fact he protected her by hiding her younger sister's body when Minnie accidentally killed her. Uh, What? Minnie and her sister were having a heated argument when Minnie whacked her across the head with a chair. As one does. Fucking full on WWF style. I mean, yeah, that's next level. Did oh, um, WWF? That's the uh, that's the uh, wildlife thing. It's e, e, I think. Oh, is it changed to E now? Yeah. I don't we, bloody know. Obviously, earlier we connected Arthur Conan Doyle. We maybe taking the name from it. Is this where he got Moriarty from? Because he's very Moriarty esque in a lot of ways. Maybe not as clever, but he's he's a few along ins- those lines. a few tentacles, like, especially being a doctor. Yeah, yeah. there's a few things. Oh, technically, professor. But yeah, there's a few <laughs> things. <laughs> God, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I am a nerd. When it comes to my Sherlock history, I am a nerd. I love me Sherlock. Minnie and Holmes travelled to Denver later that year, along with a lady called Georgiana Yoke, who had come to Chicago with a tarnished reputation. She applied for a job at the castle, and Holmes had told her that Minnie was his cousin. Minnie and Holmes are engaged, but Minnie's his cousin. Okay. Were they not smooching at this point? In private. Okay. Little less than a year later, in January 1894, Georgiana and Holmes were married with Minnie as their witness. I'm losing track now. Yeah, amen. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right, I'm... so Holmes is married to Clara, Myrta, yeah. Yeah. now Georgiana, but he's engaged, was engaged to Julia. But he hasn't seen the first two in a long time. No. Right? Who's no. living with his parents? Myrta. Right, is she still there? Yeah, okay. with, right. with their daughter. Right. Clara is living back with her parents, with his son. Right. Julia is dead with yep. their kid. 
Yeah. Minnie is alive and kicking, no longer engaged. Right. Georgiana was engaged, now married, with Minnie as witness. Okay. Plus the various numerous different women in between. So you've laid it out like that and I'm still confused. Yeah. yeah. It's, that's a lot. AKA, don't fucking cheat, guys. It's fucking complex. <laughs> Me and we have cool. no social media to follow this on. No. <laughs> kind of sounds like he's made his own little cult. Mm, yeah. We'll but, get to that. Well, they're not <laughs> surrounding him, are they? Two of the wives are off and one's dead, so... We'll get to that. Okay. Okay. They, Georgiana, Minnie and Holmes then travelled to Texas, where they claimed Minnie's property and arranged a horse swindle. A what? Horse swindle. I love that word. Swindle. What's a horse swindle? So... A horse swindle Nick is... Norse, right, oh. it is, but this is what Holmes did. Okay. He purchased several railroad carts of horses with counterfeit banknotes and signed for the papers as O.C. Pratt. <laughs> the horses were then sent to St. Louis and sold. Holmes made off with a fortune. Right. They returned to Chicago, and this was the last time Minnie was ever seen alive. Her body was never found, but many believe it ended up in one of Holmes's vats in the basement. In July yep. 1894, Holmes was arrested, but not for the murders he committed, what? but for the scheme of the horse swindle. Uh. Georgiana promptly pay- paid his bail, but whilst in jail, he struck up a conversation with a train robber named Marion Hedgepeth. Great names. They are. They are very 1800s solid names. So Minnie, Minnie's dead. Minnie, dead. Aw, Minnie was my favourite character. <laughs> this is a good story. Yeah. <laughs> Mickey will be distressed. I didn't hey. even think of that. <laughs> Hedgepeth and Holmes talked about Holmes's plan to bulk an insurance company out of $20,000 by taking out a policy on himself and faking his own death. Wow. Holmes promised Hedgepeth $500 for his help as well as as well as if he could provide Holmes with a good lawyer who could be trusted. By good, I mean a dirty lawyer. Mm-hmm. Hedgepeth directed Holmes to Colonel Jepeth Howe. Oh my god, he's a colonel, even better. Who thought Holmes's plan was brilliant. <laughs> right, this is a lot awkward long one, so strap in. Have we got a picture of the colonel? No, oh. no pictures of the colonel. I imagine the KFC man. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. So you strapped in? Yep, let's have it. The plan included Pitzel, who was going to play the dead man. Pitzel was to go to Philadelphia and open a shop for buying and selling patents. Under the name B.F. Perry, Holmes would take out an insurance policy on his life. Pitzel would then drink a potion that would knock him unconscious. Then, Holmes would apply makeup to his face to make it look like he had been badly burnt. A witness would be summoned, and they would go off to summon an ambulance. And whilst they were gone, Holmes would put a corpse in Pitzel's spot. The insurance company would be then be told, and they would all get their money, and happily ever after. Okay. But good, good plan. Solid. Mm, indeed. Holmes decided to shirk his duty of giving Pitzel and Hedgepeth their money. Hedgepeth brooded over this for a while and decided to turn Holmes into the St. Louis policeman named Major Lawrence Herringon. He passed this information along to a Pinkerton agent named Frank P. Geyer, who began investigating immediately. Frank P. Geyer. Good moustache. Yes. He looks a bit like Freddie Mercury with a bigger moustache. And a bow tie. And angry eyes. Pitzel didn't tell anybody about not receiving his money, as he was in fact the corpse in the shop. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so who did he say was part of that that bit of the plan? Pardon? Wait, I'm confused. Did he admit to being part of the plan as well? No, Pitzel was the corpse. Yes, but he was in on the plan, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So he, he left himself out of the plan, did he? Like when explaining it to the detective? No. No, okay. So he's incriminating himself as well in this? No. He's actually dead. Pitzel is the corpse! Oh, so he wasn't pretending anymore. He was... I thought he was pretending. Yeah, that was the plan. 
And then he actually, oh. and then he actually got killed. Wait, how did he go? To, who went to the police? Hedgepeth. Oh, sorry. Mm. I thought Pixel went to the police. No, Pixel is dead. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Okay. Like I said, it's a long one. See, so he, so he went from pretending to be a corpse to being, being a corpse. corpse. Promotion. <laughs> <laughs> Not such a good promotion, but yeah, still a promotion. That one I'd want. Carrie Pritzel was Pritzel's wife, and she believed that her husband was hiding out in New York. She followed Holmes and Georgiana to Detroit with her three children. Holmes placed Carrie in one boarding house, her children in another, and Georgiana in another, as he himself took off around the country, apparently aware that there was a Pinkerton on his tail. Trail. Tail? Yeah. Yep. You get what I'm saying. Is a, is a Pinkerton like a... It was, a private, it was a private detective agency, right. wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Quite big over there that they kind of helped form the FBI and the CIA and stuff uh, like that. Okay. So official, not <clears throat> bent in any way. Oh, no. They, they, there was a lot of dirty ones. Oh, okay. But majority of them were clean okay. and mm. were trying to uphold the law. But I think they were the first nationwide detective agency. Yeah, they essentially. were. And they're still going today. Are they? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, right. Pinkertons yeah. are still going today. Cool. Mustaches? Possibly. I think that's part of the uniform, even yeah. for the ladies. I really hope so. Hot. <laughs> Holmes's escape lasted for two months before he turned up in Boston alone and was sent back to Philadelphia. He wasn't arrested for the insurance fraud, though. He again was arrested for the horse window, where he was given the choice of going back to Texas and being hung as a horse thief, or to Philadelphia, where he could be confessed to the insurance fraud. He, of course, chose Philadelphia, but on the way, tried to bribe his guard with $500 if the man could allow Holmes to hypnotise him and escape. The, ho- the guard said no. The guard was like, oh no, fuck off. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of 1800s guards would have back then. Fucking they would have been like, oh, fucking 500 quid, that's equivalent to like $1,000. Like, Probably days. more than that. Probably way more. more than that. Way more than that. So that was quite a lot of money, but the guard was like uh you could probably no. buy a whole murder castle for 500 <laughs> you probably could you probably could well speaking of which <laughs> as the insurance scheme was had now come to the light police began to look for georgiana and mrs pretzel pretzel mm. pitzel <laughs> and now i want pretzels i do want pretzels stop too. talking about food mm. a week later georgiana was found at her parents house in indiana and mrs pitzel was found in a small house in bellington that holmes had rented for her oh that's nice holmes had lived with her for several days until she caught him digging a hole in the back garden and questioned him to why can a man dig a hole in peace <laughs> apparently you can lock him in a vault uh, and spray them with gas and all the rest of it, but digging a hole, mm, no. Why much. do you think she would? he would have dug a hole, though? For her. For her, yeah. Police and the Pinkertons believed he was digging her own grave. Oh. Mrs. Pitzel was released with no charges ever being brought against her and went off to New York to look for her husband. That just seemed to take so much time out mm. of people's days back then, just looking for spouses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the 1800s. It was like the, it was like <laughs> they the got main, no Facebook. It was like the main time sponge. Yeah, looking for a husband important. or a wife. <laughs> Detective Gaia was slowly starting to uncover the dark secrets of Holmes. Even a seasoned Pinkerton like himself was unprepared for what he'd find. No one knew where the pretzel, <laughs> pretzel children were, so Gaia began sifting through Holmes's lies and identities to see if he could find them. Holmes swore Minnie, who's dead, had taken the children to London, but Gaia was sure he was lying. In 1885, Holmes entered a guilty plea for a single count of insurance fraud, but Gaia still expanded his investigation. The Pitzel children were named Howard, Nellie and Alice, and Gaia feared the worst for them. Gaia learned that Holmes's mail has been redirected to Gilliamanton, New York, then to Detroit, then to Toronto, 
then to Cincinnati, then to Indianapolis. Indianapolis, yeah. Then so on. Gaia followed the trail for eight months across the United States and Canada. It was Toronto that Gaia hit his, his lucky break. At 16 Vincent Street, Holmes had rented a house with two little girls. He borrowed a shovel from a neighbour, stating he wanted to dig a hole to store potatoes in. What? I know. Why, yeah, what? I know. But they come from the... What? <sighs> he put them back in the hole. It stops them from rotting. I had to Google this. <laughs> I was like, why would you true. dig a hole to put potatoes back? But then why didn't they grow? Yeah. But so they would no longer be edible. Anyway, I think, yeah, we're getting hung up on this. Yeah. It is odd. Yeah. It's the 1800s. The neighbour na- didn't think anything of it, so it must have been a thing they did back then. Apparently so. <laughs> it was in this hole that Goya found the bodies of Nellie and Alice. What? So not potatoes? Not potatoes. <sighs> potatoes. In the upstairs bedroom, Goya found a trunk that had a piece of rubber tubing leading into a gas pipe. Harms had told the girls he wanted to play hide and seek with them and tricked them into climbing into the trunk where he asphyxiated them. Ooh. This discovery made Gaia work even harder to find Howard. Questioned the neighbours on Vincent Street, who said that the little girls had told them that their brother lived in Indianapolis. That's where Gaia headed next. After searching 900 houses for a clue of Howard, Gaia finally found the house Holmes had rented for a week. The place had been empty since Holmes had been there. And in the kitchen stove, Gaia found the charred remains of Howard. Oh my god! That's all that's remaining. That's an actual picture. Mm-hmm. Jaw dropping. <laughs> oh dear God. It's quite good. It was good. I'm going to give him that one. Oh, yeah. It's so dark. It was but good. you guys will understand when you look at the socials. With these two grisly discoveries, the door was now firmly open for detectives to search the castle. The detectives spent weeks searching and making floor plans of the castle. The first and third floor were simple. They were shops and apartments. I don't wait, third. So another floor had been added by this point? No, yeah. it's what Americans call Yeah, Americans oh, which call is them. technically the second story okay okay okay. our ground floor is their first floor right okay yeah however the second floor proved to be a labyrinth of horror detectives came to realize the implications of the iron plated chambers when they were found a single scuff mark of a footprint on the inside wall as well as the rooms with scorch marks on the walls people oh that's the floor plan oh wow okay there is little marks there's a key down the bottom to what each of the marks means but there was trap doors so many trap doors and offices back Bathrooms, closet, doors, etc. So it was quite interlinked. I mean, yeah, that's uh, an in-depth floor plan. What's that curly bit there? Is that like stairs to go up to the next level? Stairs, yeah, up and down. It would seem like a really fun place to play hide and seek. Well, Well, not really, because you'd climb into a furnace and die. Or you'd climb into a room that as soon as the door shut, turned into a wall. Or the bath of, what was it? Acid. Yeah. Quick lime. Quick lime. All of the above. Yeah. It still seems like a fun place to play hide and seek. (laughs) Give it a go. Um, As I was researching this, I found out that there's now a hotel down in London called the Horror Murder Hotel. Is it a Horror Murder Hotel? Where its theme is Murder Castle. I mean, okay. I kind of want to go, but I kind of don't want to stay there. I'd like to go. Does it have an in-depth floor plan as as this? Possibly. It's London. I really hope so. That'd be awesome. The basement is what stunned the detectives even further, though. Here they found Holmes' blood-soaked dissecting table, his macabre laboratory of torture devices, and his various jars of poison. How did they get into this? Because you said earlier that that Holmes only had keys to these certain rooms. He was arrested so they took all of his possessions. Right, okay. okay. He'd been arrested for the insurance fraud. Okay, okay. They found the vats of acid and the crematorium, which still contained ash and various pieces of bone that couldn't be burnt away. Underneath the stairs, Guy found a ball of female hair that had been carefully wrapped up in cloth. What? 
That's creepy. Buried underneath the floor, police found a vat of corrosive acid and two quicklime pits that were capable of consuming a human body in a matter of hours. Oof. In the corner, they found another room with a small loose pile of quicklime in it. In that quicklime, a small female naked footprint was found. Oh, gosh. Does the quicklime, like, get rid of everything or is it skeletal that's left? It, no. Everything. Everything. Oh, wow. Dozens of human bones were found along with several pieces of jewellery, all of which could be traced back to Holmes's mistresses. <laughs> a wood-burning stove was found in the centre of the basement and was filled with scraps of cloth and Ed Connor was called to identify a bloody dress that had belonged to Julia. In another hole in the ground, more bones were found and when examined by a physician, they were believed to be the bones of a small child aged six to eight. Oh my gosh. Finally, Pearl had been found. <sighs> City workers began excavating the basement and started on a tunnel underneath 63rd Street. The smell of gas clung to the air and when the men tore away one wall, they discovered a large tank. When the tank was broken, the smell of death overcame them and they retreated. A plumber was called in and when he struck a match to peer inside, the whole thing exploded, shaking the building to its core. The men were buried under the debris, but no one was killed or seriously injured. The methane from the bodies, I take it. The tank was lined with wood <clears throat> and was 14 foot long. But due to the explosion, no one ever knew what was in it or what it was used for. Some kind of body cesspit, by yeah. the sounds of by the, From all the research and that, and the only thing that I can think of is because he got rid of the gas that was used to kill the people because he didn't want to accidentally kill himself. I mean, yeah, ventilation's key. I would presume it's, like Nick said, the methane gas that your body's produced when you decompose. Yeah. And because it's an enclosed tight space with a lot of with a lot of dead bodies yeah that's mm. going to build up and eventually if it wasn't the plumber lighting a match which makes sense it would have been something else yeah the smell of this must have gone for very far didn't any of the surrounding buildings notice the smell they did when they started the police were there right. because they opened up the chambers and such okay so it was all airtight that it couldn't really get out and because okay. you wouldn't want that gas to escape. Well, no. Even nowadays, when in like autopsy rooms and like like mor- morgues and stuff, they are airtight facilities yeah. because of that smell. Okay, I get that. But they have amazing ventilation. Nowadays, it? yeah. <laughs> but even back then. Like, it still was as close to airtight as you could possibly get it. On the 19th of August, the castle burnt to the ground. Oh. Just after midnight, three explosions sounded that could be heard across the neighbourhood. In less than an hour, the roof had caved in and the walls had begun to collapse on themselves. A gas can was found at the scene and rumours began to fly that an accomplice of Holmes's had burnt down the castle to hide his role. Halloween 1895. The trial of H.H. H. Holmes began in Philadelphia. It lasted for six days, was the most sensitive it's a lot sensationalised sensationalised thanks Steph story of the century Holmes ever the larger than life character created many scenes for the newspaper to write about he broke down and wept when Georgiana took the stand as a witness of the state he discharged his attorneys and attempted to conduct his own defence I feel that's a reoccurring thing. Swear Ted Bundy ripped him off. Yeah. (laughs) Swear Ted Bundy ripped him off. The audacity. It's insane. Newspapers wrote that he was clever, outstanding and shrewd as an attorney. The jury deliberated for two and a half hours. Afterwards, they stated that they had agreed within one minute of being in the room together, but remained longer for the sake of appearances. November 30th, 1895, the judge passed the sentence of death. Holmes was scheduled to die the 7th of May, 1896, just nine days before his 36th birthday. His lawyers, before they were fired, asked how many people Holmes had killed. He responded, I don't know, around 133. Oh! Around. Yeah, it's specific. Yeah. <laughs> 
I would have thought it'd be more. No. Honestly. I mean, that's still a substantial number. It is, but uh, this is a castle of death. Well, yes. And we're 132 of these in the, from the house. A little bit. On his burial, Holmes left specific instructions. How did, how did he die, by the way? He was hung, sorry. Oh, okay. Holmes was hung on the 7th of May okay. in 1896. On his burial, Holmes left specific instructions, though. The grave must be 10 feet deep, 8 feet long, and 5 feet wide. In his coffin, his face was to be covered and cement poured over every part of his body. Mm. What, to stop him returning from the dead? <laughs> He didn't want to be robbed by grave robbers. Oh, right. Because 1800s, that was a thing. All right, okay. Mm. Seems very excessive. Yeah, a little bit. Have you not figured out? He's a bit excessive. (laughs) He had a castle that he murdered people in. He was excessive. (laughs) He had a quirk. 13 Mm. men dragged the coffin to the grave. Literally dragged it across the floor because he couldn't lift it. Was the cement already in it at this point? Yeah. Okay. okay. When they got to the hole, the weight of the coffin caused it to fall face first into the grave. (laughs) (laughs) Holmes didn't face ho- heaven in his coffin, but he sure enough faced hell. Well, yeah. yeah. It's poetic. Poetic. What is it? Poetic justice? Poetic license? No. No. Poetic justice, yeah. Yeah, poetic oh, justice. Yeah. yeah. Tell you what this place reminds me of. Do you remember the 90s TV show Funhouse? <laughs> yeah. I did have flashbacks to what that if- when I was like writing this out. I was like, wait a minute. What if Pat Sharp was a serial killer? What? My argument is, what if Bob Ross was a serial killer? Do you remember Funhouse stuff? I do remember Funhouse. It was one of our faves. Yeah, yeah. there's a whole new light on that. I'm starting to look at that differently. So, that's the story of H.H. H. Holmes. Awesome. And I have a couple of theories as to why he did what he did. Aliens okay. are involved in these series? No, never. No. <laughs> I leave the aliens up to you. I know that's your baby. Yeah, best to do so. So, out of what personally, like, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions now okay. that I've researched and so I know the answers to. So, each one of you give me one personality trait that you think he has <laughs> that is e- that would equal to to a diagnosis. Okay. Uh, Nick? Um, domineering. Yep. Steph? Yeah. Um, what would you say is like a, um, for being, like, well, I guess a narcissist, like he's very up himself. Yep. Owen? Steph stole mine. <laughs> no, you, I said three. You've got to come uh, up with something else. I don't know. Don't what about sexually promiscuous? Oh, ah. Mm. That goes really under it. it. Yeah. No. So, but yeah, he has basic traits for a psychopath. Mm-hmm. Yes, you all agree? I mean, yeah, I guess that was quite Well, obvious. you could say sociopath. Yeah. No, he, he enjoyed this. He did, yeah. he did it all for monetary value mm. until yeah. he couldn't get sexually satisfied by standardised sex with any of his mistresses. Mm. He could only get that arousal from killing. Mm. So turned. Necrophile. Yeah. Turned a bit saucy. A little bit worse than saucy. Yeah. And like the, 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 the masturbation to the screams is like, that's next level. That is next level necrophile. Yeah. So. And that's like enjoying people suffering as well. Yeah. Well, but it depends what kind of screams. Terrified, guttural, <sighs> fearful screams, not sexualized screams. I yeah. mean, get your mind out the gutter. <laughs> So yeah, it but, was. People now would call him a psychopath. Yeah, nowadays, and even back then, the Pinkertons labelled him a psychopath. Well, that term didn't but, exist, Well, labelled him as a narcissistic, temperamental man who disassociated from human connection, mm. but in 1800s words. <laughs> Just add a year He'd be crazy. in a bit. Sorry? He'd be crazy. He'd be yeah. crazy. 1800s words. He'd be cray-cray. <laughs> cray-cray. I love that phrase. But and To be cray-cray in the 1800s, oof. Mate, you had I mean, to- that whole century was cray cray. That whole century was cray cray, so, so you had to, to be extra cake cray cray to be cray cray. Because it was the 1800s. But 
His parents, like, a couple of times you all mentioned what caused it. Yes. Why? Well, his parents were quite put the fear of God into you, Methodists. Yeah. So... So you do things right, otherwise you'll be smited. Yeah. Okay. But in the Bible, it talks about polygamy, polygamy, where you can have multiple different lovers. Okay. Not in the the mainstream Christian Bible, it doesn't. Yeah. Things like the Mormonist. Yeah, but in I think from his Methodist Bible, okay, it must have said that because he grew up thinking that it's okay to have multiple lovers. Okay, Okay. I'm I'm not entirely sure. I don't know. I don't know what if he was part of sect. I know he wasn't Mormon. Might have just been preference. Yeah, but his parents were quite open and quite like, meh, lovers be lovers. Fair enough. So they had the hippie but vibe there must, the hippie sector. There must yeah. have been an, a period where he went from killing one person to this. Because this is something else, really, isn't it? He <laughs> wanted as much money as possible. And he knew, because he worked as a doctor, he knew how much money you could get for a well-articulated skeleton. He knew how much money you could get for the meat of the bones. Yeah, but even so, it's a conceptual leap. To well, go you've got from... to think, oh, if I kill one person, I could get, what, 200 quid for the skeleton? Well, $200 is... for the skeleton. Wait, did he sell the first skeleton? Yeah. He did sell the first skeleton. Yeah, Julia. Okay, well, that, that explains some it getting there, but yeah. to go from that, again, to some it so huge, you yeah. think there'd be more steps in the middle there were, you would have thought there would be, but no. He literally was okay. Well, this is gonna cost like I can get two hundred dollars for her skeleton. I can get a hundred dollars for her meat. But this is such a creative way to do that, though. I mean, if you wanted money, but I mean, you've also said that he's a narcissist. Yeah, but what's like, the, the first yeah, thing that narcissists do? The gas chambers. Not build bigger, a murder castle. Bigger. Well, let's be honest. You're a narcissist. You'd build a murder I'm castle a, if you I'm could. Not a narcissist, and I would not have a murder castle. I'd have some kind of castle. <laughs> there we go. Just a castle. There we go. I'd call it more a palace. There we go. <laughs> but he literally looked at it of how he could gain the monetary value quickly. In the most creative of In the ways. most yeah, gruesome way. Enough. And because he knew the World Fair was coming to Chicago, he knew that he could have unlimited tourists that nobody would miss because they would be in a different country. So if you had somebody, maybe not nowadays, come from England, oh, I'm really sorry, they've stayed in America. Nobody's going to come over and look for them because it takes you a year to get over here by boat. I'm we're in California. And apparently people Chicago is nowhere near California. Oh no, yeah, I'm I get it. I'm, I'm with you now. I'm yeah. with, now I'm getting confused. <laughs> but yeah, so you got to yeah. think how he could gain the most value. And yeah, maybe those first ones did start off as a little bit of extra money, extra money, extra yeah. money. It, but it develops like yeah. the es- it escalates like most murderers do. Yeah, I want to say he was enjoying it by the end of it. Yeah, definitely. And the fact is that if you think about it, it's like he wasn't happy enough with his murder castle he had to go into a horse swindle and insurance mm. fraud which is what he fucking got caught for yeah, yeah those I love that properties bit. where he's killing those kiddies yeah which wouldn't have happened mm-hmm. when it happened if he hadn't gone and done the horse swindle if he then hadn't gone and done the insurance policy you've got to have like a pretty messed up way of thinking to think of like attaching a trunk to a gas thing and i don't know it's just so creative and or putting a child into an oven yeah it's just well it was obviously his obsession if he went to this level to yeah. build all this it was a obsession thinking about to kill people but yeah no yeah. it's, it's uh, very interesting i've never i've never heard of this before it's oh really oh, there you go 
know. I've only heard of it because of like a uh, hotel, yeah. as in American Horror Story Hotel. But yeah, I imagine it's quite famous in America, but not so much. Oh anymore. gosh, yeah, it's a big one over in America. A lot of I don't know if Steph listens to other podcasts, but we listen yeah. to more Morbid, and, and I listen to another few. And they're all like, we don't want to cover H.H. H. Holmes because everybody knows who H.H. H. Holmes is. And I'm like, well, I don't. I'm British. No, <laughs> yes. I'm twisting yeah. my moustache over here. I don't. I'm British. Ha ha. The monocle. I'm my monocle. Tea. No. Well, I'm sipping my tea. On a top hat. But no, that was very interesting. Yeah. Very well yeah. done. Yeah. I yeah. really enjoyed that so, one. So, any of our American listeners, A, I'm sorry if we've butchered any of your words because... I'm not American. And B, if there is anything I've missed out about this story that you particularly find interesting, God, let me know. Because mm. I fell into the rabbit hole and I'm sure I took all of the information, but I might have missed something somewhere. So who knows? Yes. So, so we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back. We'll be back with Nicholas's story. We're back. And now we're going to get into something spooky, may I dare say. Oh, you're doing a spooky thing? Oh, can you turn the light off? Yeah, Let's do oh. the ambience. Oh, and Ooh. the hallway one. No, not the hallway one. We'll leave that <laughs> too far. Oh, that's Ooh. better. Ooh. Right, are we all sitting comfortably? Yes. Dun, dun. I'm building the tension. Okay. You have to kind of make a noise because when I do the audio clip in, it's going to cut that bit out completely. Can I have a Twilight Zone music in this bit? Is that license free? <laughs> I could probably find something that's a bit like Twilight Zone. Yeah, whack that in. Whack Go that for in. it. Right. This? right. So this is a story I've always loved and I've heard it a long time ago. So I'm going to take you back to 1954. It's July 1954 at Haneda Airport in Japan in Tokyo. And it's a busy day. There's tourists from all over the world or people going on business trips. Coastal and bustle. It's high noon at the, the airport. And uh, the customs staff are waiting to check people in, check their passports, that kind of thing, ask them where they're going. And a man, about early 30s, dressed in a black suit with a briefcase, walks up to the customs desk. Nothing out of the ordinary. And they ask him for his passport. And while they're, they're getting his passport, they ask, you here on business? He says, yes, I'm here on business. It's the third time I've made this trip this year. So he gives them the passport and everything is normal till now. And they look at his passport and the country origin of his passport says the name Tored. I have heard this. I know this one. Yeah. Yeah. Tored. Does that that exist? Well, that's what they thought. Oh. They were like, oh, we got a lot of Europeans here. We got Americans. So they're like, Tored. They said to him, Tored, where's th- where's where's this? And he says, "Well, it's in Europe. It's it's a well-known country. It's existed for a thousand years. What do you mean where Tored is?" Mm-hmm. So they take him out of the queue because people by this time are probably queuing up behind him. And they take him into one of the offices and they keep talking to him. He says, well, "Show us your documents again." So he shows them the passport again, and he brings out some currency as well. And this currency has on it the Kingdom of Tored. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. So they still got. I've, we've now heard of this. So they get a map. And said, so, can you point to us where on this map where Tored is? And he points to a spot between France and Spain, which is now Andorra. And he says, well, it should be there on the map. That's where Tored is. And it's not there on this map. Right. So they're like, what is this guy? Is he like... Is he high? Is he high? Is he like a spy or something? Is he just trying to test us? So... They go through this, and they spend a long time talking to him. This, and he's getting like visibly upset. Like, where is Tored? I, yeah. I know I come from there. It's not on this map. So they decide. 
So they decide to, to investigate him more because they can't just let him through customs. He needs a reason to be in a country and to let them know genuinely where he's from. Yeah. So they take him to a, a the airport hotel and put him on one of the higher floors. And they say, well, just stay here. We'll sort this out. We'll come back to you tomorrow and talk to you more about it. We need to do our own investigation into this. So they post two security guards on the door of the hotel. And uh, security guards don't notice anything during the night. And the customs officials spend the night trying to find Tourette, basically. Yeah. And they go to the hotel room in the morning, open the hotel room, and he's not there. Wait, what? He's vanished from the hotel room. The security guards have been there all, all day and night. Yeah. Didn't see him leave. He just completely and utterly vanished into thin air. Was it high up, so like the window didn't lead to Yeah, any... it was on the fifth floor of this hotel. And there was no, like... Um... Grating, scary things. No, 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 the windows wasn't. Fire escape. Went, yeah, that no, one. <laughs> the window wasn't opened or anything. He just completely and utterly vanished from this hotel room. Oh my gosh! All right, okay. So this is this. It's you've heard this before, right? I have, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's either a, it's been around for quite a long time. Okay. This this story, and it's either a hoax, which is somebody think made up, or which we might have a little discussion about. No, it's not aliens. It could be aliens. Could be aliens. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But was the man from Tered? Did he accidentally slip parallel universe? Wait, what? The the theory is that this man may have been an interdimensional traveller. From a parallel universe, that so Schrodinger. Do you know the the scientist Schrodinger? Yeah. Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's cat. Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's cat. cat. So have you heard of Schrodinger's cat? No, I haven't. So Schrodinger what? was a, um, a scientist in the early part, of the mid part of twentieth century, and he had the idea. He coined the term parallel universes, although he he stole it from another person, but it wasn't really related to what he was talking about. So he stole it for the purposes of describing his science. Okay. And his idea was that. He was a, he was an early quantum theorist, right? And quantum mechanics is incredibly complex, complex, yeah. and any but it's it's so often like used by new age type people. Oh, I've got some quantum crystals that will heal your poorly Brain. leg. Like fuck off, Margaret, with your crystal, <laughs> <laughs> Karen. You know nothing, God Karen. Damn you, Karen. Karen. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so he was We're an early quantum theorist, and, and Schrodinger <laughs> had the idea that at every branch in every decision that's made from like a philosophical uh, perspective that a new universe branches off. So there is an infinite number of universes of infinite possibilities. So is that where that whole entire thing came from? That whole yeah. philosophy of we've got parallel yes. universes. Yes. So every action you make, yeah. the counteraction will cause a splinter and a new universe is created. In that. Also known was, as the gosh. butterfly effect. That's chaos uh, theory. So yeah. it's not it's not quite chaos. But comes they are interlinked, aren't they? Are. they? But also, Schrodinger's cat, just go back to Schrodinger's cat. Schrodinger, yeah, cat. Um, because quantum mechanics, I, I don't know really anything about it, and I've tried, but it's, uh, it hurts. But <laughs> basically, uh, in quantum mechanics, matter and um, the physicality of the universe only becomes fixed once you observe it. So Schrodinger's nice. cat's thought experiment, he said that if you put a cat in a box with a can of poison that had a uh, randomly decay, uh, decaying radioactive, radioactive isotope holding the can in place, yeah. shut the lid. When If you didn't observe it, the cat could simultaneously be alive and dead at the same time. 
Right. Does that make sense? It makes sense, but that's like mind blowing. But that's yeah, that's quantum mechanics. It okay. only becomes fixed once you observe it. So they've proven okay. it. It's a proven theory that atoms only become fixed once you observe it. So for example, there's like a slight possi very, 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 very but still a possibility that if we all turn away from Owen yeah, Owen no longer exists. Owen's atoms could dematerialize and end up on the other side of the universe, and he could uh, suffocate to death in the cold void of space. Okay. We'll try that. Should we look away from? No, him? I actually kind of like my nephew. So let's, try let's it. keep let's this try one. It. No, I want to keep try this one because if there's a chance I'm going to die. Okay, ready? <laughs> ready? Let's try. It. Okay. Okay. Let's, okay. I'm, I'm looking at you. No, I'm no, no, <laughs> no. I'm looking at you. It doesn't work if you observe it. It does because I've thrown him with some daggers. Ready? In my what eyes. <laughs> we'll do it for ten seconds. Okay. No, because I don't want to have the possibility. You think it's going to happen? The possibility. Well, well is, this the will be groundbreaking is, if it happened. The, 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 what no. if I look at myself? <laughs> like it. This is an experiment. This is science, Charlotte. <laughs> do it for science. I ain't no scientist. Right, ready? What if Tennis. I'm looking at? Wait, wait. What if I'm looking at myself? No. Well, you shut your eyes just in case. Okay. <laughs> okay. Ready? Okay, okay. We'll do five seconds. Ready? One. Two. Three. I Four. can hear him! I can hear him! Four and a half. <laughs> Five. I can hear him moving. And he's gone. There we go. Brilliant. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. It's so like the, Harry Houdini. He magically reappeared. But there is a very real Whoa. possibility that that could actually happen. Okay. So and the observation thing is it's not having a conscious idea of it. It's physically looking away from it. It's, it's observing something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So if you say, like, for example, air, we all know air exists yeah. because we breathe it. We can see it moving the trees. Can we? Oh, okay. In well, the leaves I know in the where trees. you're going no, with no, this. No, no, one minute, because this is what I read about it. And But the essence of air back in the day was gods. Gods are doing that. Right. And it wasn't until scientists proved that the molecules and the atoms of air, the the, the foundation of it, existed... That it became and had a name. Uh, okay. So the theory I know what was that the gods are doing it. Yeah. But actually, no. There is scientific proof that. Well, that's that's just a lack of it. I see where you're connecting, yeah. but it's not the same. It's not the same. It's okay. actually ad- observing atoms. It only really affects atoms on a on a atomic or subatomic level. Yeah. But anyway, so parallel yeah. universes are linked to this. So Schrödinger parallel universe and whatnot. So the idea is that the man from Tored got on a plane in Tored, boarded the plane as usual, and somehow during the flight over to Japan, he entered a parallel universe, landed in our universe through a slipstream. Yes, through like some kind of mechanism for doing that. Mm-hmm. That's he freaked out when he realised Tored doesn't exist in this universe. Went to the hotel, and then at some point, materialised back into his parallel universe. Somebody beamed him back up. Isn't that how Howard the Duck gets to our universe? Pretty much is, yeah, is yeah, 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 yeah. Perhaps that's where they've got that idea from. Well, they got it from Howard the Duck. No, well, no, I mean, no, I mean Howard the Duck. The people yeah, okay, that yeah. created Howard the Duck got the idea from this man. Yeah, but people are obsessed about this story. It's like yeah. really, it's. I know it's only short. It's yeah. really like. Just are there any one other... man going into an office and not being able to find his country? A country well, that is, doesn't seem is, to exist. There is video evidence of stuff that's on Facebook. Like, I saw it the other day. I spent a good half hour watching It must be true if it's on Facebook. No, it's not that. It's, (laughs) like, of, like, people who are in their car, they're about to turn right, they've looked and they've saw no other oncoming vehicles, 
And somebody like um, one of the street cameras is like video recording them because that's what they do in America. Mm. And no other vehicles. You could not see any other vehicles coming off. Car turns right and then all of a sudden spins out of control and there's another car there. Right. And the theory is that this car's come from another dimension. And watching these videos, I know before anybody says anything, they could be edited. Yeah. I know that. I understand modern technology all too well. But watching it, there is that possibility that maybe there is a parallel dimension that this car was there in another universe that just fell through. Yeah. I'll tell you one case that a parallel dimension is linked to. You know, um, what's the the um, Japanese or Korean lady who died? Elisa in, Lam. Yeah. She, have you heard about her? No, of course she, I have. I don't think it's linked, but it's linked in a way. She died she, at the like, Cecil Hotel. Yeah. The Cecil Hotel, which is oh, famous. Oh, the Cecil Hotel? Yeah. Like every, so she, uh. there's a video of her in the elevator and stuff, and she's like... Elevator she's game, to, Steph. Sorry, I understand been, how Steph will... Stop interrupting! Sorry, <laughs> I know how Steph will click with no, no, Steph. No, no. I, know, I know the, the elevator, elevator game. game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. she's in and out of this elevator looking weird, and then somehow she ends up on the roof inside the water tank naked. Yes. So yes. one of the theories is she slipped in and out of a parallel universe and then rematerialized inside the water tank. I don't think right. that's, that's a genuine explanation I mean, for that, yeah. but it's linked there to that. There were other stuff. theories for that. Yeah. <laughs> but there's so many of these, but that's my favourite yeah. one. Have you, do you two know any? I know you just said about Facebook. Um, I don't know any. Like I knew that one, obviously, in the Elisa Lam theory. But yeah. but there's John Teeter, who's more of a time-travelling story. Have you ever okay. heard of John Teeter? So John Teeter, is, uh, at the end of the 90s, appeared on a tech forum uh, for... I can't remember what it was for. And he claimed to be from the future. And everybody was like, pfft. Yeah. But they started predicting stuff that started to like show actually up. Actually happen. And I'll talk about him in a future episode. Yeah, because that would be interesting to hear about on its own. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the man from Tourette, it stuck around as a story for a long time. The first time it was printed was in 1989 in a book. That's the first time it's ever been printed, but the story seems to have been around a lot longer than than mm. that since, well, since probably the 50s. It's just, if it was a hoax, then it's a very good hoax. Or it might be made yeah. up. Somebody might have yeah. made it up. Made it up, especially legend. if the first time it's ever been actually printed. Yeah, I mean, it does sound kind of creepy ish Yeah, because... It does, but it was invented a long time before. Yeah. But, like, even back in the 50s, every country in the world has a whole missing persons thing. Mm-hmm. Or have you seen this person? Look, We're looking for this person. Well, this man's missing a country. Well, no, I'm not on about that. I'm on about, like, the Japanese authorities mm. would have done... The whole, have you seen this man? Mm. The other, so there would be newspapers is what I'm getting at. The other theory is that he might have been a spy just trying to test Japanese protocol for dealing with somebody who can't, like, they can't find the nationality of. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Then so, how did he escape the room? That's spy, in a spy way. <laughs> James Bond managed to <laughs> many a time. Just the, um, yeah, James Bond theme playing yeah. throughout. James Bond is fiction. Yeah. So that's Based some... on somebody who's real, though. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I can't remember his name, but yeah. H.H. H. Holmes. No! <laughs> Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> right, so that's the man from but, Tourette. It's not, a, it's not a long story, but no, I, thought, no, but I always cool. found it an interesting one. But it's like, yeah. you mentioned that time travel thing. It's like, have you guys seen those photos where 
like they're old photos, but in the background there looks like there's people holding like mm. video cameras. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like there's people like people holding really weird objects in the assassination of Kennedy. Yeah. Such like and like modern objects in the photo. And I'm like, is that digitally altered on the internet? Yeah. And then Probably. you go and look at the actual textbooks of these photos that have been around since nineties, eighties kind of thing. And these people are actually in those photos as well. Mm. And I'm like, modern technology, man. I think aliens are time-travelling humans from the future. Yeah, possibly. They are technically alien, alien, are they? They are technically alien. No, no, they're not. No, they are technically alien. How? How? Because they are not of this country. No, that's what an alien alien could do. Oh, that's in the political definition. Yeah, but it's not just that. You've got to think that if something is an alien, it's something that's not of this time. Yeah, it could be alien. Alien just means not of this earth. Not necessarily. It it means distinguished from or separated from, I guess. But no, I think that's what they... Because they always look... Grey aliens look quite human, don't they? Could be, do. You can imagine humans going that way in the future. Yeah, definitely. So, like, um, I like how this has gone back to aliens. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if you want to learn more about quantum mechanics, there's a really good Stargate what, SG-1. <laughs> there we go. There's that weekly there we Stargate and SG-1 reference. It's called the Tolon, and I recommend it. It does a good job of explaining quantum mechanics. We have one more, mechanics. and then we've got a full house for Nick. And okay. parallel... What? Yeah, I... I don't know if he's going to say it this week. So. What? What was that? One of your most weekly said quotes. Um, that's bullshit. There we go. <laughs> Full house. <laughs> right, I think we'll cut it off there. Yeah. yeah. So thank you very much, guys. And that was awesome. next week we have Nicholas's long story. Oh, do we? Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> and Stephanie's short paranormal. Oh, we don't need to call me Stephanie. I mean, sorry, sorry, mom. sorry, sorry. <gasps> but yes, Madame Steph. Yeah, we'll go with that. Paranormal, <laughs> and it will be our last week of Spookaween. Yeah, because it will actually be Halloween at that when point. When we record, it will be Halloween. Oh, sorry, I should mention there is a film about the Man from Tread. That's why. Oh, I, is there? That's why I linked it to this. It's not. Oh, really what's the film it. called? The Man from Tread. Oh. There we go. <laughs> Funny that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so we shall speak to you all next week. Indeed. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 No, no, no. Is that it? I wanted to listen to more horror and gore. No. Let them carry on with their day. If they want to find us, they can find us on Facebook at Crime Creeps and Coffee Podcast, Twitter at CCNC Podcast, Instagram at Crime underscore creeps underscore and underscore coffee underscore podcast. If they want to listen to more, they can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Castbox, and all podcast apps. But for now, before he interrupts again, I think we should say goodbye. Bye!